Watch the headbutts and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to B-Sides Boxing. I'm joined today by Drip and Pilot. Uh, if you frequent the Discord, then you know who these guys are. These are they're, they're legends, so have some fucking respect. All <laughs> uh, right. Um, since B-Sides last convened, we, the, we ended up... The last preview we did was for the May 27th uh, series of cards. It is... It is June 14th, and Pro Box is right to the right of me. So I'm going to try my best to pay attention to what I'm doing here instead of watching this kid get his ass beat. Because, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is pretty fun. All right, fellas, how are you guys doing? No, no complaints. Yeah, doing good, doing good. All yeah, right. no complaints here either. Hmm. All right, let's get right into the recaps here. May 27th, I'm going to start with the like the l- less important ones, um, specifically Alexis Rocha, who gives a shit, but KO5 <laughs> against uh, Anthony Young. Uh, Missed it. Yeah, I, I didn't even take the time to check the replay, to be honest with you. It's Alexis Rocha. I, I, I'm a fucking boxing degenerate, but I legitimately have better things to do than watch Alexis Rocha. Yep, can't agree. <sighs> All I right, I, I, did end up, I did end up watching it, but yeah. But, um, let's. Much. Lawrence Okoli loses his cruiserweight title, the WBO belt. Ooh. He loses that to Chris Billum Smith. This was in uh, Dorset, England. I, yeah, that was kind of a, a. I don't know. It seems like the Brits in the chat, like they knew this was coming, or at least a few of them did. Um, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about it. Hot take. I feel like Lawrence is always pretty fucking average. <laughs> and just cruiserweight is dog shit? That too, but I don't know. He got dropped, like, what, three times that fight and had two point deductions? Yeah, for holding and excessive holding, which that was a lot, even for him. Like, the few fights of, of his that I've seen, that, that like, that jab and grab type of shit is what he does, but... That was pretty you mean, rough. You mean the uh, infamous Devin Haney move? <laughs> the one that beat Lomachenko move? 100%. But no, <laughs> I think, like, I like I watched the Akali fight, and I just feel like Bill Smith just muscled him pretty much and made it, not a dirty fight, but just made it a rough fight for Akali, and he just yeah. didn't have an answer to it. Physicality. And then Okoli again is just, oh, did this pro box thing. What the fuck? So I'm getting distracted also. Oh, oh my God. he is bloody as shit. Dude, what? Stop the fight. Oh, man. Oh, my God. He's getting rocked. The yeah, this dude is stuff. getting fucking cleaned up, dude, man. He's swinging the this wrong direction. This needs to be done. This needs to be stopped. He, this needs to be stopped. Why oh. is it? Where's the fucking... Oh, my... Oh. Where <sighs> is... <laughs> Bro. Oh, finally, dog. This is not good. Jeez, bro. Talk about CTE. Anyway. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I just feel like Smith bodied Okoli the whole fight. And even Smith wasn't, like, that amazing to watch. But just physicality, just bodied Okoli. had no answer for it. Yeah. And also, also, I don't know. I feel like Okoli was made to be a hot prospect with his, like, 
you know, cop story, you know, working yeah. at McDonald's or some shit. But it's like he then what happened? Like just nothing ever came out of it. I feel like with the Coley, I don't know, was he always such a negative fighter? Because when he was coming up, I was kinda not high on him, but I thought he was pretty decent. But maybe as the as the um <laughs> quality know, of opponents uh, improved. Yeah, as the quality yeah. of opponents and he steps up, you know, he became champ. He's been a hugger and been labeled as really boring to watch, but I think he kinda blew up when like AJ um gave him like a bash for him. But ever since then, like I just haven't heard much of him and AJ like ever, you know, like you know, being the same camp anymore. I think at one point they were, or Okoli might have been signed to AJ's management like twenty five eight or some shit. Yeah, yeah, because I mean he was plugged in with her, and you remember he had those controversial comments about her and being, you know. Oh yeah. And, you know, obviously, there was no value in him even with the belt because they dropped him. Yeah, you know, goes where, where his career goes now, honestly. Yeah, I, like. In a division that's like this light on talent, I think that he's going to be able to work his way back up pretty quickly. Um, I think the WBA champ is uh, an Armenian dude that fights out of France now. And like French combat sports are dog shit right now. So like that's that's a possibility for him. Um, After this, I think um, the Australian kid, Jai Opataya, like that's that's the top of the division right there. Billum Smith. Like as far as rankings, intra division rankings go, that's what I have is uh, Opatai at the top, and uh, mm-hmm. Badu Jack. That should give you an idea of how shitty the division is. is like he's number three. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, dude. Side note: Did you guys see the rumors of Canelo and Canelo Badu Jack? Canelo Badu Jack. That's hot. That's that's, yeah. for, that's that's a topic for later. But yeah, it is. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a pretty shitty one. But uh, let's move on to the featherweights. Um, first one I want to mention is uh, Luis Lopez knocking out Mickey Conlon in five. Um, fuck Mickey Conlon. That's all. Really, all I got. Uh, I like Luis Lopez, man. He's yeah, fun to watch. he really is. The book. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that, you can see it coming because when the fight started, all he. he um, like Conlon kept lunging in that, with his head down. I was like, uppercut's gonna land. Uppercut's gonna land, and. Love you, hope. And Conlon's not, not doesn't have the most resilient chin at featherweight or like at all. Yeah, and Luis Lopez, um, does he put himself at the top of featherweight? Is he, like we have Robesi Ramirez and then um, Ray Vargas. His mandatory is Brandon Figueroa, who I'm. It's a safe bet that Figueroa is going to win. He, so, should. he should. Yeah, he should win pretty comfortably. So, like, does as of right now, Luis Lopez is probably at the top of featherweight, right? Uh, I mean, it's him that's, or Robisi, right? Or, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, you could throw wood in there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was talking with uh, Asis yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, and he was saying that like Lee Wood, he's the most well-rounded of everyone. Like, he does a bit of everything. But like it's, it's not good enough when mm. like the other guys are stacked in one particular attribute. His his well-roundedness isn't gonna carry him against a monster like Figueroa or a heavy-handed guy like Lopez or like a super technical dude like Ravisi who does have hands too. So like Lee Woods kind of, for him to be the weakest champ, that 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 says a lot about featherweight, I think. Yeah, I'm not really sure where that division's gonna go. 
Yeah, one twenty six is one is one of those divisions that like there's no clear cut number one, but it's a strong enough division where it's it's okay, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, there's there, there could be good fights to make there, but nothing like, you know, to run home, grab the gang and everyone's around TV. Are you getting bombed right now? Like, oh, sorry, you hear that? Nah, yeah, I live across the fucking fire department. Okay, so it's a, it's a fire department. It sounds like an air raid. That literally, I'll just meet you for a second. All right. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Uh, Mauricio Lara. Um, okay, so he misses weight. Uh, he was like four pounds over at the beginning of the week, and they didn't let like the BBBOC didn't let him cut. 226 or something like that I think that's what happened uh, so yeah he lost it on the scales which is unfortunate but does he stick around or what? Or what's he going to do Like, is, is this just like a one off thing that he missed weight what do you think I think he needs to move up I mean he's young but you know cause he looks older than he is but he's actually like 25 and 26 um but it might be time for him to hit 130 i mean he looks sluggish in that fight if he's struggling to make the weight at 126 i don't know yeah and 130 is not not exactly stacked either um all right now that the air raid's over yeah uh, <laughs> uh i'm sorry what was the question i was like half distracted uh mauricio lara missing weight uh, getting stripped looking like pretty sluggish so what like where does he go from here so i think if he misses weight one time it could just be a one-off but if it happens again then it might be time to move up i always kind of give him a like a slight pass for the first time missing weight depending how much it is you know facts yes but yeah. if it's like if it happens again then it's like all right buddy now it's time to move up because you're clearly struggling he didn't even it wasn't he wasn't that far off it was just that the like the british boxing board or whatever uh, their safety rules are like if you're this much over, it's unsafe for you to cut to the fight weight, so you can't do it. We're not gonna let you. And I, and I can kind of respect that too, because cutting weight's pretty dangerous. Yeah, other. I was telling us is the same thing. Like, there's a lot of a lot of states have the same thing. Like California has is notorious for it. Like with the safety, fighter safety, and cutting weight. So it's like it's not can't really put on tinfoil for this one. You know what I mean? As much as I'd like to. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's legit. Hopefully that was a one-off thing. Um, Lara's fun. He's a fun fighter. Hopefully he can... Uh... Either way, if he goes up to 30, he'll still be... I think he'll be a, a force to be reckoned with. Especially with, like, pillow-fisted Valdez fighting for <laughs> titles. Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm so tired, of, so tired of Valdez, bro. <laughs> Aren't we all? Okay, anything more on the featherweights before we move on? Nah, pretty straightforward. I'm good, I'm good. All right, on June 3rd in Detroit, Clarissa Shields gets a typical Clarissa Shields UD over mm-hmm. uh, Maricela Cornejo. And, yeah, there's t- t- honestly, not, not a whole lot was noteworthy no. to me. It's just a Clarissa Shields... So, kind of boring domination. It's unfortunate. She tried. I mean, I'll give her like the first four rounds. She tried to get her out of there, but you know, she just don't got no pop. Yeah, <laughs> she tried. It's she unfortunate. Did try. I'll give her that. Um, the one thing that did stand out was uh, Ardrell Holmes getting the technical decision after eight when they stopped when the doctor stoppage came. Uh, Wendy Tucson had a ma- massive cut. 
Like that shit was bad. It was he was red. He's a, like he's a black mm-hmm. dude that's red. That's fucking crazy. But <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that that decision was the right one. So I was wondering if you guys had any any take on it. Um, I was looking forward to the fight. This was like the fight, you know, because it was a light weekend of boxing. So I was kind of hyping up this fight a little bit too much, obviously. Cause I it did wasn't too. Really, it wasn't really living up. It didn't live up to. I mean, you know, it wasn't that good of a fight. But yeah, I mean, the guy that was the hometown, um, Holmes, he got booed. So clearly, in his own hometown, he get getting booed. He didn't deserve that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed the fight, so I don't have much to say. But <laughs> yeah, I I was uh, talking up Holmes as well. Just because mm-hmm. I had seen him on on uh, Showbox and he looked pretty good, so yeah, I was, I was yeah. hoping that with a uh, better competition he's going to look better. Unfortunately, that and, wasn't and, the case. And Wendy's only loss was against Charles Conwell, so you know Charles Conwell's a beast. So that's not right. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks like we've seen uh, Holmes's ceiling at this point, and it's not very high. It's too bad because at a uh, another player at 154, that's to me that's always fun. Because it's so hot right now. All right. Um, June 9th. Were you guys present for the return of Adrian Broner? Oh, what a miss it for the world. Oh, that was so cool. Yes, yes. I watched the spectacle. (laughs) So just one thing real quick. Uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux was also on that, and he got a KO in seven over, yes, person. Um, (laughs) somebody yeah it was a person that was there to who was actually doing pretty good until he got knocked out solar plex I think they were saying was the was the body shot that got him yeah I've I've uh, taken a few of those they're not fun Um, but Adrian Broner cruises to an easy UD Um, something that um, Asus said that I want to repeat here is like major credit to this guy to Hutchinson he's a legitimate like he's not uh, like ambulance chaser uh, you know like bus bus bench decals type of lawyer he's like a legitimate lawyer and he's also like a pretty he has a pretty decent career all things considered in boxing so you know that big ups to be able to juggle those two things Um, unfortunately he had a bit of a problem in front of them <laughs> uh, and yeah it was I mean that shit was pretty obvious I think like round two or three that I was hoping that AB was going to get him out but uh, what can we say well, well, what we will say is that AB finally let his hands go yeah finally let his gifted hands go yeah fuck a few years too late to his career but so this one was contested at welterweight but in the post fight, the only people that Broner mentioned were 140s. So it seems to be it seems to be that he's going to be campaigning there again. I guess. Um, who did he At mention? 140. Yeah, he's, he mentioned Progre. He mentioned Ryan Garcia, and then uh, he called Rolly Romero. He called him Retardo. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah. But can he even make 140s though? I think so. Like he made this. I don't think this was full welterweight. It was, a pro- I think, it was a catch in between. A Broner weight, uh, yeah. I've been saying he should Broner. Do Broner yeah, <laughs> he should be doing the Broner weight thing because obviously he's a little too small for 147. You know, back in in his quote unquote glory days. But 
I don't know if he can make one. I mean, I know he's been training tough because he had like four canceled fights, so he's kind of been, you know, a little bit more um, dedicated. But I don't know. I'm not sure. One forty got some sharks. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know because if he stays at welterweight, he's gonna get cooked moving up like to the top dogs. If he goes to one forty, I think him and Romero will be a good fight. Maybe him. Maybe slight. Maybe him and Garcia. But everyone else probably just walks in. Uh yeah, so of the of the champions, uh Romero has a quote unquote belt that he didn't that twenty <laughs> weeks gave him. Um so but that's he's still a titleist, I guess. Uh Progre, uh Teofimo just picked one up, and Subriel Matias. Those are like the so if he's jockeying for a title, those are the names he has to get through. I and the only one I can read give him like a reasonable benefit of the doubt is Romero. Yeah, definitely Tio and Regis just dog him. Matias I think stops Broner. Yeah. Do you think there's still value in um like I don't you know, does Broner still have enough worth in a sense where you know not being the first guy to knock him out gets a little feather on your cap? Uh you mean like someone someone likes knocking out Broner? Yeah, because you know he's never been asleep. He's been dropped by Madonna, but he, you know, he's got a. a he survived here. Madonna. He survived Madonna. He got dropped, but I mean, he's you know he's I, got a. I think. I think a few years ago, when he was a little more active and kind of had some more like star power to him, it definitely holds some value to it. But like, if you knock out Broner now, it's like, yeah, it'll kind of be a big deal. But it's also kind of like, well, he's also kind of washed up. So it's like, how much value is it really? Mental breakdown number three or four at this point. Yeah, I think it'll hold some value, but I don't think it's anything gonna be anything too crazy. Hardcores will recognize his value. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like if better be if knocked out Canelo and you know the world goes upside down in flames. So yeah, if you're listening to this, you'll see some value in Broner getting stopped by somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I don't yeah, I don't the the ceiling on Broner it's not very high. Not at this point. No. So unfortunate. He's like but... what, thirty six now, right? No, he's uh, thirty three or thirty four. Okay, so he's still got like his prime. Well, this should be his Tail prime end. now, I guess. Tail end of his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he did do the can man routine. <laughs> it didn't hit the same, but yeah, it, it didn't still... hit the same. But I, I, I was, I got really giddy when he started doing it. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just really deep. happy to see him back and like kind of it feeling himself. He's in his element, and you know he's like his mind is right. And when I think Bro, like guys like Broner, I think as much as a lot of people want to say disagree, guys like Broner are good for boxing. They really are. Um. What's the Tony Montana thing? Like, you need guys like me, so you can point at me and say, that's the bad guy? Facts, yeah. Yeah, that's... Broner does that perfectly. I think he's a lovable clown, but whatever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the 10th. want to start with the card in London. Sonny Edwards gets a UD over Andres Campos. This is the IBF flyweight title. Um... I'm not sure how to feel about this one, to be honest with you. Like, he's obviously talented. He's skilled. Is that skill... Is he only looking that good because he's fighting relative nobodies? 
or does that is that gonna actually carry up to like Martinez or Bam? Well, Sonia was the goat. I think he could beat Martinez. Um, yeah, I think he has enough to beat Martinez. Bam, even though Bam has looked kind of rough the past couple of fights, it's still a good, you know. I think I might favor Bam, but it's still a good fight. Yeah, I would. Same thing. Like uh, Martinez, probably. Um, the other, the WBA guy, Delakian. I don't really know anything about him. He's like the WBA, WBA guy for cruiserweight. Like if I have, I. With all the boxing that I watch, if I haven't heard of you, like that is saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think he went on some ESPN card, and the the top ring guys were on the commentary were saying he didn't win it. I think that was him, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar with them either. Right? Yeah, like uh, you might be on the. You're probably, if not on my tier of degeneracy, you're on a tier above. Like you know a lot more. What was the uh, obscure? You pull out obscure boxing references out of nowhere. It's it's, uh, it's impressive. To this day. Yeah. So Bam, I I still think Bam is the top of like the of the little guys. Yeah, Bam's the Bam's still the one. Uh, when he moved down, just because he he did the the torch passing with the two uh, quarters and Rungvisai, and then I think he took that light with him to flyweight. And with uh, I think with a guy like Edwards who can who can talk, that'll be really helpful to get more shine on these guys. All right, anything on Edwards? Oh, he hangs out with Billy Joe Saunders, so like fuck Sonny Edwards. <laughs> oh wait, hold on, man. I'm a I'm a Saunders fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, he don't say it out loud. He doesn't. He's not like a lovable clown to me, like Broner is. No, he, he gets busy in the ring, but yeah, no, yeah. he's he's pretty uh, he's pretty unlikable in the ring. I mean, he's pretty, outside the ring, he's unlikable. Right. Um, but yeah, so Sonny Edwards, and he did really show that like Billy Joe Saunders style of boxing. So that's pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's pretty cool. All right, Madison Square Garden. Ooh. Teofimo Lopez. Fucking schools, Josh Taylor, for the WBO 140. Uh huh. Uh, drip. Kick it off here, dude. It was hard to call because, well, before the fight. Sorry, it was hard to call before the fight because we don't know which version of Tfimo we're gonna get. Obviously, we got the better version with this one, the mentally stable To. Um, the question arises though: How actually good was Josh Taylor? Like, sure, he was, um, you know, undisputed, whatever, champ. But was it, like, the Cabaret's opponents, like we always say? His or was signature wins just are, that good? His signature wins were Regis Progre and somebody else in the World Boxing Super Series. But I, I think it was two decent names. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forget that her name. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it started off really well. Josh Taylor obviously made it real fucking dirty. Or tried to in the beginning. But once Tio got his rhythm, it was just smooth sailing from there. Jose Ramirez. Yeah. That's who it was, Jose Ramirez, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he, I guess those are the two notable names. But, I don't know, I did like Josh Taylor. I'm not going to lie. I did have Taylor winning prior to the fight. Then I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a Tio win. Because we just saw we got the right version of TFU Lopez. Pilot, what round do you think it was that it was, like the 
the coffin was sealed for Taylor? Um, six, probably six. Like after the sec, by the sixth, because it was competitive. You know, you could probably give Taylor, Taylor a couple rounds in the first half of the fight. But after that, I was like, you know, maybe he'll catch Timo because Timo has been dropped lately. But you know, Taylor's never been a guy that has knockout power against top guys. You know, so um. But yeah, about seventh round, I was like, God damn, Taylor's really taking him to school. And I don't, as long as you don't take a shot, you know, some shot, you're gonna win this fight. Even though the scorecards didn't indicate uh, it being as, as wide, but yeah, yeah uh, that shit was kind of crazy. <coughs> uh, what I'm not, what the fuck is it with scoring recently? Like in the last Jesus. few months, it's been more bad than it usually is. Like we we expect yeah. a little bit of corruption with boxing. It just comes with the nature, with the territory of it. But it's been like exceptionally bad. I mean, the right guy's winning usually, but yeah, the closer card is kind of just like, why is it so close when it's really like a nine three and you're making it seven five? I don't know. Like nine three for Teofimo is best to me. That's best case scenario for Josh Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. It's weird because now with Pro Gray coming back, that he looked really good in the Zapata fight. He also now he, and he has one coming up against a relative nobody. We'll talk about that in a bit. And Ramirez is also seeming to be looking good as he comes back. So like those wins for Taylor are aging well. And then mm-hmm. for Teofimo to just make him look pedestrian, that really I yeah that says a lot about what a like a mentally well Teofimo can do. I think Taylor's style was like Taylor made, no pun intended, for Teofimo <laughs> Lopez though. Like, cause Taylor just would walk, try to walk him down. Didn't really try to counter too much, and Teo was just teeing for when he wanted. Also, no pun intended. But, but that goes to say that, like, where was this Teofimo Lopez when he fought Camposis? Or Sandra or, or are Martin and Camposis who maybe not so much Martin, but like. Camposis, who has like fast twitch muscles, like he he's got fast hands. He might not be the best boxer, but he's pretty durable. He's got fast hands. You know, if they meet at 140, hypothetically, you know, how that play out? Like, would um, Camposis still have Tio's number? I think a laser locked on Tio is as good as any of these quote unquote young guns. So you know, mm-hmm. he fought he fought like a dumbass in the the Kembo. like. You'd just be real. If he fought a smart game plan in the Kambosis fight, he would have... I think he would have got Cam out there at 8 or 10, you know? But he didn't, and he lost. Um, but a laser, when he's locked in and focused, like, you know, like 25 years old having those Loma and Taylor wins is pretty incredible. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. Hmm. But at 140, like... not sure if Kambosis is as good, as fast at 140. Uh, probably not. But even like Sandor Martin, like he's not as fast as you know Cambosis maybe, but I don't know. I feel like he his style didn't work well against Tio Lopez. Maybe just Tio had an off night, but again he had an off night with Cambosis as well. So yeah, I feel like now we're kind of figuring out like who's works well against Tio Lopez and who would like you know get trashed by him. I think his only real competition, as far as 140, the champions go, is uh, Matias or uh, Progre. And uh, Progre, I'm not entirely sure about. Just if uh, Taylor was able to box him off, then 
uh, Teofimo probably will too. Like that type of aggression or come forward pressure that Prograde has, that's going to be perfect for Teofimo to counter off the back foot. Exactly. And uh, yeah, Teofimo gets uh, either 12 0 or knocked out in the first by Raleigh, because Raleigh's the GOAT. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, Pilot. What's what, what's your take on this uh, retirement shit? I don't believe it for a second. He's probably he's trying to get. I think with the court stuff, trying to get custody of his kid and the court stuff with his baby mother. He's probably just trying to not, you know, whatever revenge he can get in that regard. But and also also to get a bigger payday. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, t- um, top rank ESPN. I always say top rank ESPN has this. Um, they're they're good in building young stars to the quote unquote mainstream, but. Once you hit a certain popularity or, you know, quote unquote, your pockets, I feel like there's a cap. There's a cap on top rank. And Teofimo probably sees all his peers getting more money than him and, you know, just trying to get trying to get the bag. Yeah, that's inherent to top ranks matchmaking. Like they like you said, they build them up and they give you like highlight creation level opponents. But then once you get into the mainstream, people want to see like I want to see Teofimo fight. Subriel Matias. I don't want to see mm. him fight some shitter that Top Rank digs up off of like page eight of Box Rec. Barbo- <laughs> well, you know, Barbosa is probably next. You know, oh next. my god. Oh, nice. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it probably is next. Just a easy voluntary for Teofimo. Being retired with trying to get custody of his kid. Hmm. Bro, said his next fight's with the judge. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty wild. At twenty five, man. Yeah, I, 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 I would bet as much money as I can that he, that he's gonna fight again, and, and relatively soon. I mean, Dude, he, he's Paul Tyson Fury, bro. All right. Uh, two quick notes. <clears throat> Is uh, Robson Contesa came back on this one? He got a no contest. I think it was called in the second. I didn't see it, uh, but whatever happened there. Xander Zayas gets a UD over Ronald Cruz. I didn't see this one. I This was the one, like, I, damn it, I felt bad that I missed it because I wanted to see. I'm hopeful for Xander Zayas. I would like for uh, Puerto Rican fans to have somebody to rally around because the, the the rivalry between PR and Mexico is great. I, lo- I, I love that shit. Uh, so I was hoping Xander Zayas could be... Could, could be their guy. Whoa, well, what about Berlanga, bro? Oh. Don't rat around him. <laughs> He's a Puerto Rican champion emeritus. But so they don't rat around him? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I don't, actually, I don't I, know I, if I, anyone does. Ooh, side note, though. I just, I, as I typed in Berlanga on Google, I just saw an article. Billy Joe Saunders and Berlanga get into it on Twitter. Mm. Oh, what beef were you missing? Berlanga would get fucking embarrassed. Uh, all right. Speaking of embarrassed, Jaime Munguia steps up to uh, better opposition. Dervianchenko, he gets the uh, Munguia gets the UD. Super close scores. Um, something to note: this is uh, Dervianchenko's first fight at 168, so he got pulled up from a, being a career middleweight, and Jaime Munguia fucking struggled. Yeah. This, that to me, like, this was a terrible, terrible look for Munguia. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Pilot, first, uh, what are your? Let's have your thoughts first. Like, how did did you, were the scores as close? Because like Manix had see, a little wider. Which fight was this for? Uh, Mungia Derevyanchenko. Um, you know, I, if you look in the fight early on, you can see in the crowd Oscar was stressing because Derevyanchenko. Yeah, was getting he was. Um, but at, you know, he faded late. He's older. He's always older guy. And um, Been through the as wars. the fight as the fight went on, and he got dropped in the last round. I mean. If it you was see two, two of the cards, that knockdown took it from being a majority draw. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, if, if, yeah. if that, that knock didn't happen, then it, I think they might have they done a draw. They might have done a draw. Um, but the knockdown definitely won Monkey in that fight. Um, it, it, Derbychenko might had a case himself, but he faded late. And Monkey, you know, he got hurt a few times you know, early in the middle of the fight, but he finished strong. Yeah, that was a good ass fight. Honestly, I enjoyed watching that one. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It's a uh, more entertaining than uh, Teofimo Taylor. Hundred percent, and like you mentioned, Munguia might have won, but it wasn't a good win. It was definitely a very, very sloppy win. Yeah, and Devichenko. I mean, yeah, he's older. He did fade late, as Pilot said. You know, definitely, I got right him off though. Still a formidable opponent, nonetheless. He was. He definitely at one point was working Mungia. Yeah, uh, definitely in like the early mid mid rounds. Oh. Uh, yeah, but like as far as the judges' scores, if that knockdown didn't happen, that would have been a two hundred percent a draw. Two draw cards. That's what yeah. it would have been. Yeah, because um, yeah, it was one fifteen, one twelve, one four, and both are two being one fourteen, one thirteen. Just crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Golden Boy literally had two accidental top five, you know, fights of the year so far. You know, both... <laughs> Bro, and like Pat said, Oscar was fucking stressed. You saw him in the background; he was getting. I was seeing him. In. I was <laughs> watching him the whole time. Let's just uh, say his high went down. Oh yeah, yeah buzzkill from Mungia. Dude, he, he was zooted. Uh, one other thing on that one: Shane Mosley gets a KO seven over Demetrius Ballard, who is of. Mungia knockout fame. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I expect that if they want to make something in house, that's what it's going to be. Uh, which is unfortunate for Mosley because he's not very good. Mungia isn't either, but he's better than Mosley. What's what's the uh, trajectory of Mungia's career? Like, what are they trying to do with him? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Because like he he's not really doing much. He's just. I don't even want to say can crushing, but like he's marking time know. for whatever reason. And yeah, he like, moved up to 168 now, right? Like uh, the, the broadcast was saying he's done at 160. Yeah, he's at 68. Now he is. I mean, he didn't accomplish anything at 160 despite being the mandatory since he moved up. <laughs> he's yeah, he's been like God, a perennial man. box. Yeah. Wow. So I got distracted myself, but. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus. It's almost my yeah. birthday, so look at that. There's yeah, cake. Wow. <laughs> wonderful. Ooh, fuck it. Bro, a whole lot of it. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Uh, all right, so anyway. Mungia. <laughs> Mungia being at 168, obviously they're chasing the money. Not just Canelo, but there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of other guys there. So I expect that's what they're trying to do is line him up for maybe snipe. Uh, who like uh, get into like a Benavidez or Morel situation? Like at least Benavidez, like that guy pulls he he gets people in the seats. 
Oh, yeah. I've been to a few of his fights that were here in Phoenix and fucking packed. It's crazy. Uh, I, I think they're going to try to line him up for that, for something like that. Uh, it's not going to work. All right. Uh, we, yeah, the Pro Box card, we've been talking about that one. All right, previews. This weekend, June 17th, at the Smoothie King Center. Interesting name. What a hell of a name for a place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Regis Progray, this is his first fight with Matchroom in a three-fight deal that he signed not too long ago. So he's the WBC 140 champion. Uh, Danielito Zorilla is ranked 20th. What the fuck? Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, he won the vacant with, off off of knocking out Zapata, and this is probably a voluntary which is unfortunate but yeah like that's reaching down pretty low yeah, the bar is up below hell <laughs> yeah so th- I'm expecting this to be like a, a highlight situation try to get a progress name out there a little more with a highlight win I don't know unless one of you guys are expecting different not at all not at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. See. I might even watch the fight. Might be worth watching it, honestly. Uh, depending on the time that if it if it interferes with this, I'm not sure if I want to watch Progre or Tim Zhu defending his 154 interim title against Carlos Ocampo. So Tim Zhu is the interim champion that's glorified number one. Carlos Ocampo is ranked 11th. Um, uh, I'm not sure what to do on this one. Like Ocampo, uh, this is the guy that Spence knocked out at the uh, like the Dallas Cowboys practice field or practice stadium or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's done anything worthwhile since. His name hasn't been around too much, so I'm probably gonna say no. Pilot, which one are you going to watch if you have to pick one to watch live? Um, I like the Showtime Coleman with the Aleem versus Goodman fight. Um, both main events are kind of, you know, 90-10, right, in terms of yeah. uh, favorite. Um, honestly, I'm a weirdo for boxing. I, I'm going to watch both, but I'm dep- I think I'm going to put the, probably the read card on, on, the, on the TV, the big screen, you know? Okay. Yeah. Tim Zoo on the on the little yeah. monitor on the side, on, on the laptop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like Reed. Reed is one of my favorite fighters to watch. You know, so yeah, he's he is fun. The <laughs> the Zapata fight was great. I had a lot of fun being there. Okay, so that's it for the seventeenth. Real quick, the twenty fourth. Josh Kelly. I think this is an IBO title fight, so it's not a title fight. Uh, first, Gabriel Corzo. That is in Newcastle, in the UK. Oh, uh, at the twenty three hundred arena in Philly, Tevin Farmer is back versus Avery Sparrow. Um, Tevin Farmer's most recent outing, he walked out because he like his, the check didn't clear or something like that. Like he his he was supposed to have been paid and he wasn't. So he his opponent. The co-main, the two fighters in the co-main all walked out. I think this was B- BLK Prime. It was, it was Mickey Bay? Yes. 
Yeah, because I remember I was watching that card. It was supposed to be on. We were like, I was watching the club card, and I just remember it was supposed to be Farmer versus Bay that night. It wasn't. It was before BOK Prime, but then we ended up seeing them on Instagram Live, saying they're not gonna go do the fight. <laughs> so we literally watched the, the club card for no reason. You know. We, yeah. We, you know. We, <laughs> Yeah, so, and uh, Avery Sparrow, uh, this guy was supposed to fight Ryan Garcia at least a year ago, if not more. And he got, what was it, like the U.S. Marshals were looking for him? Huh? Yeah, I think it was like gun charges or something. But yeah, the federal marshals were looking for him. So he got uh, taken out of the Ryan Garcia fight. But yeah, Avery Sparrow trafficking guns and Tevin Farmer shooting himself sounds like a good match made in heaven remember when people were saying remember when people were saying that Tevin Farmer was the guy that was going to beat Tank do you guys remember that (laughs) yeah I remember remember that like Tevin Farmer's too smart he's too skilled he's too slick Uh, and uh, Davis can't handle it (laughs) yeah here we are yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Uh, uh, at least, like the Lomachenko fanatics, there is like some foundation there. But Tevin Farmer, man, I don't know where that where I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> Speaking of not knowing where something came from, Edgar Berlanga is fighting <laughs> Jason Quick. <Quigley. laughs> oh, this is God. his his uh, match room. The zone debut, and uh, the co-main is Adam Konaki versus Joe Cusimano. The Cusimano name I recognize him from something recent. Uh, and Konaki, he gets people out into the to the arena, so I guess that's cool. But he's on a three-fight skid; it's kind of rough. Konaki's fun to watch. Yeah, that's fun. It, it should yeah. be a good time. Like two, what, what is it? Big boys bumping meat. Oh, wow, crazy <laughs> choice of words. That, that's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make it, but I I have been I have been known to use it from time to time. I guess that's another weird one, like the bicycle spokes. Uh, let's talk about Quigley and Berlanga, though, because yeah, I mean, how? What do we really think of Quigley? Not very good. Um, Demetrius stopped him round two or three when they fought. Yeah, yeah. We'll beat him up bad, and um, I thought he lost the Mosley fight, to be honest. But whatever. He's uh, not very good. I, this is but, another. <laughs> Neither is Berlanga. <laughs> right, but it's another situation like Prograde. It's their first fight with Matchroom, so Eddie Hearn's trying to you know give them a softer touch, something that you can put a highlight. You can make a highlight clip out of it. So I like I see why they're doing it, and like Berlanga sucks. So like he needs a soft touch. That's the only kind of touch he can handle. But Progre, like that's what it is. It's a it's a highlight situation. Berlanga, I don't know why. Why do people keep putting him, putting his name in as the next possible Canelo opponent? It's because, like... you know, because he's under Eddie. You know, same same banner, one sixty eight. And he's also like top five in a couple sanctioning bodies. Oh shit! I'll have to look into that. If that's the case, then uh, he don't deserve. It. I mean, no, it's going to be funny though. Seeing 
Canelo fans just, I mean, you know, fanatics try to justify that fight because if that was to happen, hopefully it doesn't. But that's not something that I. I'm a big, big silver linings, glass half half full kind of person. Canelo Berlanga, I cannot find anything good to say about it. I, I guess Mexico wow. PR, kind of P- half Mexican PR. Yeah. I don't know that. I really hope that doesn't come off. But Berlanga versus Jason Quigley, I, I'm expecting a quick, quick outing from Berlanga. He's gonna get another one of his first round KOs or something. Get the streak back going. Get the Goldberg streak <laughs> yeah, get, back. Get the streak back. <clears throat> All right, that's it for our previews. Um, one discussion item that I had listed is Benavides versus Morel is might be on the table. Uh, Samson Lukowicz, uh, the Benavides promoter, was talking about we, we're done trying to get Canelo to the negotiation table. We're moving on. We've got other shit to do. We got a, we're doing a card in October with or without him. Uh, he wants to get Fundora back active, so that's cool. Uh, but that's the name that I've heard or been seeing as a possible opponent. And so this is two monsters in their primes. Like Drip, do you, do you do you favor Benavides right now based on his experience or Morel? Like the guy beat a dude into retirement. Oh, dude. It's so hard to like call us one because obviously Benavides is like more experienced. I think he's. I'd say he's slightly more skilled too. But I don't get. How can we say what's Morel's chin like? You know what I'm saying? Right. Has his chin been tested yet? Because we. I mean, Benavides can pack a punch. We know that. So it's just a matter of can we see Morales chain get tested? But also, I mean, I don't recall. But has Benavides been rocked yet? No, not that I can think of. No. I'm going to favor Benavides in this one. But should Morale win, I wouldn't be too upset or that surprised either, if that makes sense. Oh, damn, stoppage. Oh, yes. Yeah, he got beat up bad. Yeah, he did. Just at a quick glance, I thought it was Luis Neri. The beard, right? Yeah, the beard and the Moreno tone. Yeah. Uh. Okay, it's a banger fight, though. There's another one on the 24th that I forgot about. Uh, at the Armory, Carlos Adames and Julian Williams. So, this is probably going to be an easy night for Adames. I like J-Rock, but his best days are behind him. And... Yeah, I like J-Rock, too. Um, unfortunately, his his best days are long gone. I, I think they have Lubin Arias 160 on the, as the co yes, I'm not mistaken. that's right. Actually, I like that fight a little more. I mean, I like, I like to see Lubin, but yeah. Adamus should definitely win this fight. I don't see, you know. If J-Rock was to get a last hurrah, that'd be cool, but I don't know. At this point, like with the wars that he's been through and like the yeah. the pet punishment that he's taken during his, his decline hasn't been good for him. I don't think it's been going to be good for his longevity. Carlos Adamas. Erickson Lubin Luis Arias. That's a 154s. Fernando Martinez versus Jade Bornea. This is the IBF 115. And Wilner Soto versus Jerwin Ancajas. This is a 122s. So Jerwin jumped two divisions after losing to Martinez. Damn. 
He went to 122 from 115. That's, that's yeah. Um, I I don't know. I'm thinking that he's there was maybe like a short notice kind of thing, and he's uh, like out of shape. Yeah, I can see that. Martinez, um, Martinez versus Junto Nakatani. How does that play out? Ooh. I love a good Nakatani fight. I like Nakatani. I mean, I've only seen him a couple times, but I like what I see from Nakatani. So. Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, Martinez can get hit, and Nakatani, if he gets his hands on you enough times, then it's going to catch up. Whereas Jerwin doesn't quite have that same pop. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, now we're actually done with previews there. Um, what was the other thing that we were talking about earlier? Topic for another oh. time. Canelo Jack. Was that? Oh, it? yeah. Canelo Jack. Um, Canelo dog shit move. Is it a duck? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say yes, because his opponent, his mandatories are more of a threat than Badu Jack is, even at the higher weight. You know, at this point, Canelo has his legacy. At least just, just do what you want. Just drop the belt. So one sixty. Yeah, yeah, so that's really it. Yeah, for real. Stop keeping them locked up because uh, Benavidez has been waiting. Morel's been waiting. Uh, I'm not sure who's after John Ryder, but WBO sucks anyway. And IBF. So is it is it true they're like uh, stopping negotiations for the Bevo rematch? I think so. I think somebody posted in Discord that Bevo's not interested and doesn't want to do it again. Damn. Unless it's Damn, at 168 for the belts. I mean, that's fair though. Like, bro won the fight. He kind of has all the like power controlling the rematch. Yeah, he does. He does have a bit more leverage this time. <clears throat> Damn. Oof. I mean, it wouldn't matter because we all know how that fight would play out. But it would have been kind of dope to see people take the belts at 168. <laughs> he did mention that he's he walks around at the low 180s so making weight is for 175 has never been difficult and 168 would be he just need a little bit more time to prepare so that's I would have liked to see that happen as well it does kind of even the odds it would have evened the odds for Canelo a bit uh, instead he's going to either he's going to fight go up and fight like old man Jack or two year layoff two and a half year layoff Jamal Charlo coming up from 160. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that for Jamal either. Nope, yeah, not but, at all. No, but but I mean, Canelo and Jamal in Houston. I'm sure that wish. Jamal's bank account's gonna like that very much. <laughs> that would be that would be a wild atmosphere. Canelo's got to drop those belts, man. Just yeah, give does. up the belts and go just do your own thing. You can get any fight you want. So it's like... Everybody really knows the you're the fucking guy. Yeah. Everybody knows. Fight Conor McGregor. Fight, you know, whoever. Just just drop the belt. Let Morel and Benavides get their belts. And if they fight, make it mean something something, you know? Yeah, if you're not going to do it, then let them, let them do it. 
So do we think he's actually going to fight Benavidez, or is that just never going to happen now? I don't think he's going to. Is it a duck? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that Bado Jack has to offer for Canelo. Just another well, division. Well, I mean, I don't know. Some people are saying, you know, this is his Roy Jones moment, going up the heavyweight type of thing. I don't know. He was like I mean, five I... foot seven. <laughs> Bado Jack did start you know, like, you know, like at him, 168. Him moving, up, him moving up the cruiserweight from 154 type of thing, you know, it's kind of like a striving to be great, you know, quote unquote. Mm. If he were to take another one of his mandatories, hold on, let me make sure who the IBF is. Because of the Benavides and Morel, Morel is more green. And uh-huh. if he beats Morel, which is more likely than not, that a- that win is going to age very well because Morel's really good. Uh, here, let me see here. Super middleweight. I'm super high on Morel. I mean, I I just I think him Benavidez is a good fight down the. You know, oh a little, yeah. A little bit more marination, maybe like in a year, you know, let him beat a Shishkin first, you know, maybe a fight plant too. But it's a little early, but I'll take it. But. Yeah, I say give Morel like two more fights, and then I'd have to see him Benavidez go at it. The IBF Mando is William Skull of Cuba, and Shishkin is number two. And the way that yeah. IBF works, if the one and two spots are filled. It, those are going to happen. They have to happen. According to their own rules. According to their rules, they have to enforce their mandatories. Since they're US-based and they had that corruption case like 30 years ago or something. So, uh, typically, they don't have anybody in the one and two spots that I've seen. It's typically empty. Yeah, I mean, Skull just fought somebody who's like twenty-five and twenty-six. I just checked his box rig yesterday. I don't, yeah, I don't need to see that. I don't, you know, Skull's okay, but um, he can wait. And Andre is the WBO mandatory. Huh. Oh God, Andre. Oh shit, Diego Pacheco's coming up. Good stuff. Berlanga's number five. Gross. Bring back Saunders. <sighs> Man, Saunders, who is like a little bit more entertaining, but I don't like, I don't like him. Or Andre, who's more boring, but his personality is more tolerable. Yeah, I'll take Saunders any day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he ever comes back to fight. Like he's been talking about retirement since like last year. It's like, come on, bro, are you? If you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah, are you done? Like, doing what you're doing, blowing through your money, or, like, what's going on? Mm. Not, not getting younger. Berlanga's 11th in IBA, in IBF. Diego Pacheco's 6th. Christian Mbili is number 4. Cool. I like him. After that fight with Gongora. Great fight. That was 168 got a lot of names. I mean, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of guys coming up. Uh, they're not on the Canelo Benavidez Morel sort of level, but amongst each other. There's a lot of talent there. Mbili, uh, uh, Diego Pacheco's fun. Man, good stuff. So I want to jump to heavyweight real quick, because like of upcoming guys. Speaking of that, Jared Anderson. 
Oh, right. He's fighting, what, July 1st? Oh, fuck me. See I think it's I July 1st at, in uh, Toledo. Hmm. He's a fun one to watch for sure. Yeah, Toledo. He's fighting uh, Zan. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, I have it on the website, which for the like the dedicated listeners, lvxmedia.net slash boxing. That there's all the events that I've had time to put in, which is more than I probably should during the workday. So, what do we think, of Anderson? Like future heavyweight champ, or um. Or too soon to tell. I gotta see his contemporaries, because like, if we were to talk about plucking him out of where he is and putting him into the top crop, definitely not. But not yet, not yet. Uh, let me see. He's got, he's got the talent and pedigree. I mean, he gets hit a little bit. And he's a little not undersized, but he's not the biggest heavyweight. But you know, he's got the skill and talent. But he's number eight in the WBA. Could he? Could he handle Daniel Dubois, who's the, the regular champion? Um, I don't know. I'm biased as an American, so I'll say yes. He'll be he'll, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think he's very aggressive, like in the early rounds. But I mean, his his cardio seems pretty good too. So yeah, it does for how like how active he is in the ring. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Dubois would know how to handle like that just that onslaught in the beginning. Uh, let's see. Martin Bacoli is ranked second. This That's the dude who embarrassed Tony Yoka. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that embarrassed Tony Yoka. <laughs> Does Jared Anderson hang with a guy like that? Because Bacoli's not really anything special. You know, just enough to beat a fucking frog. <laughs> um, let's see. It's a tough call. It's a tough one. I mean, he did knock. He did knock out. Um, was it? Was it? Who did he knock out again recently? That who who drew at Zhang? What's his name again? Shabazzutsky or something like that. No, no, the, the American dude. Um, remember he beat right. somebody in two rounds, and it was kind of his biggest step up. The guy that Robbie drew Hernandez. Zang. No, no, no. Hold on, let me. Let Kevin me. Johnson. Uh, he just fought him recently. Let me let me check. This was like. Wait, are we talking about even, Jared or? Bacoli. I was talking about Jerry, my bad. Oh, I was I was looking at Bacoli. I was talking about um Jerry Forrest. Oh, yeah. oh Jerry Forrest, yes. Yeah, I mean he knocked out Forrest. He made quick work of Forrest. I mean Yeah. I feel like Bacoli is kind of a this is a little bit above a, a Forrest, but I don't know. What about Hergovich, who Zhang well, in the eyes of the fans beat? Yeah. If not, see that favorite. one I don't know. Now, now we're kind of going to like a higher like tier. I think maybe Hergovich is just below or just above where Anderson's ceiling is right now. Yeah, I think Hergovich would just be a little too much for him at the moment. A little but, too I much mean, too early. Yeah. People were also talking crazy that like after the AJ fight with uh, Jermaine Franklin, they're like, ah, <laughs> Anderson can smoke AJ right now. I'm like, all right, Tim hold on. Tim <laughs> Bradley and his let's, 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 ma'am, let's pump the brakes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, what was Tim Bradley said? The AJ that showed up versus uh, 
Franklin versus the the Jared Anderson that showed up versus whoever it was. Like that that would be a Jared Anderson win. I'm like, man, do they do they prep you with those bullshit lines or <laughs> do you make them up yourself? Like, are you that right. fucking? Do you drink the the flavory that much? Dude, I'm so tired, Tim Bradley. Just get him the fuck off the mic. Jared Anderson versus Murat Gassiev. Ooh. See, at is a tough one, but I'd have to I don't know, I'd have to give it to Murat. Really? I would I was thinking like that's pretty solid for Anderson. Because uh, Murat suffered, or he struggled with uh Usyk's, you know, really mobile boxing style and Anderson kind of has the same thing plus he has Wait, a size so advantage wasn't it a close fight though with Usyk like Murat was kind of piecing him up at some point wasn't he? I think that was Usyk's closest fight in the pros yeah before, like, I think uh, Gassiv uh, was yeah his closest I, fight know, I know Gassiv was he fought in his hometown like I was watching that YouTube on my phone on lunch but I remember he, he fought recently and he knocked this dude out pretty quick it was like really two, one or two rounds right yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, well, his, yeah he knocked out Mike Lugan in round two, and then before that, Carlu Carlewis Welch in round one. So he's got some power. So I don't know if um Anderson will would do good on this Yeah, one. chin untested, right? Yeah, and Gassiev does definitely have has hands. power. Yeah, he has hands for sure. Yeah, round two knockout, round one, round three, dude, Nick Nick people. So on the thing of Gassiev being Usyk's closest pro fight, I'm. Did you guys also see the one with uh, Myris Briedis? Oh, yeah, the Briedis one? Yeah, yeah. Because that, uh, Briedis being who he is, like that was a grimy, disgusting thing to watch. But it was close because of how gross Briedis made it. Yeah, it was ugly, but it was a good thing for Briedis in that regard. Yeah, I remember that fight. It, so, it was close. Yeah, the one with Gassiev was, uh, was entertaining, at least. Exactly. Well, we really went down a rabbit hole there. Good stuff. Does Jared Anderson beat Adam Konaki? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. He would. He would. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a wash. Rest Adam Konaki's fun, but... I like him. I, lo- I loved watching him on his come up. What out? Now, hold on now. I have a quick name. Would Jared Anderson beat Frank Sanchez? Or how would that go? Hmm. Uh, I think Sanchez would smoke him. Sanchez is pretty, you know, a little yeah, boring, think, but he can be most of these heavyweights, I feel like, low-key. Yeah, he's a very good technician. Kind of like Us- yeah, he's a Usyk vibe, so I think he would just piece up um, Anderson. The thing that makes Sanchez entertaining is when the opponent is a power threat. Like, F.A. Ajagba at the time, we-, we thought he was like the next Deontay Wilder, or at least that's what mm-hmm. we were being led to believe. And then he... Uh, got uh, taken to school by Frank Sanchez. So uh, it, Jared Anderson might be able to make that one entertaining. But uh, I, I don't think Anderson today beats Sanchez today. Yeah, no, not today. Hmm. But, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, bro. Did Zang just beat? Surprisingly. I feel like... Joe Joyce? Quick... Joyce. Joyce, ooh, that's tough. I don't know about Joyce yet. I'm, I don't need that. I favor Joyce. Yeah, I, I feel like this collision course with the, the, the you know two top heavyweights of the future, you know, Jerry Anderson and maybe that guy Jalalov. But I don't know. I don't know who else 
in terms of the new era of heavyweights, who there is, you know. Jalalov, I've seen him on Showbox. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Jean Kosobutsky? Kosobutsky? That's the guy Jared Anderson's fighting? On yeah. Ultimate Fucking Casual, it's kind of a running joke that I, like, there's so many guys, like, from Eastern Europe and stuff, I cannot figure out their fucking names. For You're the not the only me. one, brother. You're not the only one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, usually, uh, Chief sets me straight, because being in, a, in Europe, he's a little bit more cultured than I am, I guess. Oh, Cat, what are you doing? Where's Jalalov? He's not... Is he a cruiser? He's a heavy... Uh, he's a heavyweight. He's a he- yeah, he's a heavyweight. I'm not seeing him on the WBA rankings. That's what it is. Oh, he's probably not... He's, yeah, he's not ready yet, probably. You know, he's... He's not on the right promotion. No, he's probably not even... Alright, dude. Hear me out. Zang versus Usyk. Um... Hmm. Usyk... 8-4... to four minimum at minimum <laughs> yes 8 to 4 is best case scenario for Zhang losing which he will he's he's obviously pretty good but he's not that good yeah, pretty heavy handed seems like but I don't think he'd catch Usyk it also helped Zhang that Joe Joyce decided to walk into Every straight left that he threw. He's a fucking plotting frog, dude. Just right. walking everything. Hey, like he never scored a foul call in his life. Right. Like, how how do you not? How do you not? This is. You're fighting a lefty. How in the fuck have you never. Do you look like you've never even seen a left handed fighter before? That was atrocious. And I, I was, uh. I was very much enjoying the, uh, Joe Joyce memes. Fucking JoJo is the what thirty nine year old prospect. <laughs> chat, we say chat shit get banged. Chat shit get, get banged. banged. Get zanged or whatever. Get zanged. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Man, well, that was a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, that was good though, because like we were sitting at about like forty five minutes, and now we're just over an hour. So that's a good. That was a good rabbit hole to go down. Those are usually fun. Like the last one, I got really good feedback on the one that we did where we were gaming out like the B tier of the different divisions. Oh yes. Yeah, that, that one had a fun. that one got a lot of got a lot of love. So that was fun. I want to do another one of those. Maybe heavyweight's a good one to do it with. Oh, 100%. Now that we've been talking about a couple of them. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, anything else in the news that I didn't bring up? Oh, I think we covered a lot today. Yeah, yeah nothing. You know, you know, there's always going to be some news tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Always. Um, all right, so let's see here. Now that we're on our way out the door, we're gonna do give have some parting words. Uh, if you could, pilot, please include. You know, like where can we find you? Yeah. Where, where's your? Where, where, where can we get some more ring gang in our lives? Yeah, yeah, you know, well, you know, my name is Pilot again, and we're at ringingradio.com, ringing radio, every platform imaginable. Um, when we're all over, I'm in the West Coast, we got people in Europe, East Coast, you know, but check us out on YouTube. We just interviewed Steven Espinoza, so check that what? out, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Oh, that's fire. That's cool. Super cool. Any any uh, words of wisdom as we head out? 
Violet? Um, what's what's half half the week? It's Wednesday. You know, everybody listening. Um, when, by the time this is out, enjoy the rest of your week. Just get through it and, and take it every day by day. That's all I got. Damn, positive, positive I energy. It. I Rip. love it. It's uh, it's Wednesday, so it's Get It Back Tuesday. Get the Back Tuesday, yeah, right? Every day is Get It Back Tuesday, my boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. That's going to do it for us here at B-Sides. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to have my homegirl take us out. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. Been saying it for a while now. This time I'll be staying indoors or rocking a raincoat to stay dry on the same note. Patiently waiting for clear skies. I'm seeing why people find it hard to maintain and realize it's all part of the game called life. Yo, everything will be alright. I stay up.